0: And a lot of good things happening at church uh, this week and in the weeks to come. So thanks for being a part of all that. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And we are going to look at the abundant life that God has promised us. We've been uh, talking about the life. We're a Christian life church. There's so much we have in our life with God. We have new life. Talked about that last week. You can go back and visit that, listen to that online for free. And uh, we're going to talk about abundant life today. True story. There was a man who waited his whole life, saved his whole life, because he wanted to buy an RV and travel the country. So he saved up his money. He bought the best RV he could afford. He set out on his first long road trip. He set the RV to cruise control. And he got up, went to the back to make himself a cup of coffee. It didn't end well. There was a crash. And he sued the RV manufacturer. So that to this day, when you buy an RV, it says, it's stated in the contract that cruise control does not mean autopilot. (laughs) It's funny because in life, sometimes we we just hit cruise control. We just, okay, here we go. This is going to be a new week, another week. I I know it's like May now, but it doesn't seem much different from the other weeks in my life. And so we just begin the week and we hit cruise control. We think we're on autopilot with our life, but uh, nobody's life is a Tesla. So (laughs) what's going to happen is at some point when we put ourselves on Autopilot on cruise control, it's gonna end poorly for us. There's going to be a crash. Something is going to happen. And have you ever fallen asleep at the wheel for just a moment and you go into the rumble strips? That'll wake you up pretty quick, won't it, right? Whoo, how long was I gone? You know, just you just come back to life. And sometimes those moments aren't good moments in our life. We've been cruising along on autopilot, and then we kind of go off into the rumble strips or the the guardrail, and we immediately, like, blame God, don't we? God, where were you? Don't you care? I want to tell you today that God wants to give you abundant life. That's what he says in his word. He promises that. In his word, you aren't meant to live on autopilot. You aren't meant to live on cruise control. You're not meant to fall asleep at the wheel in your life. You are meant to live an abundant life. You're not just to survive, not just to cope, but to live that abundant life. John 10.10 in a variety of translation, beginning with the English Standard Version. The thief only comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. In the New International Version, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. In the New Living Translation, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In the Amplified Bible, it says, The thief comes only in order to steal, and kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now look at those words that Jesus said, this is why I've come. This is my purpose. This is what I desire for your life. That it would be rich and full and satisfying and overflowing and abundant. That's Jesus' look at your life. He wants to give you abundant. Life, and I want to let you know this today you will never find that abundant life in this world. No matter how hard you look, no matter how much you make, no matter how popular you are, you will never find it in this world. You want to know why? Because we read it over and over and over again in, in the beginning of that verse. The thief comes to steal. Kill and destroy. That's why you'll never find it in this life. Then a lot of people begin to blame God because it's like, God, I can't find abundant life around me in this world. And and we begin to blame God. You know who we should blame? We should blame the devil for bad things that happen. Not God. God's purpose is to see us live a rich, full, satisfying, overflowing, abundant life. But what is an abundant life? Well, it depends on who you ask, right? Some people define it differently, and some people it's hard for them to see. In his book, Stephen Covey wrote, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he gives two mindsets that I just want to look at just quickly. He talks about the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. And in the scarcity mindset, he defines it as this fear that there is a limited or finite amount out there, and I need to get as much as I can before it's all gone. The scarcity mindset that I I need to grab everything I can. There's not enough money in this world. There's not enough love. There's not enough likes. There's not enough. I need to get as much as I can because I I don't want to lack. That's the scarcity mindset. The abundance mindset is the complete opposite, and that's this, that there's plenty for everyone. Everyone. There's plenty for everyone. And I believe that God wants us to have that abundance mindset, not the scarcity mindset, but the abundance mindset. We see both these mindsets in the parable that Jesus tells. is probably his most popular parable, the parable of the prodigal son. And in the prodigal son, the younger brother, we see the scarcity mindset. The idea that I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen with my dad. I don't know how that relationship is. So, dad, could you just give me everything right now? I just, I just, I just want it all right now. A scarcity mindset. I just need to get it right now. And then when it's all gone and it's, it's been squandered, he still has that scarcity mindset like, okay, I'll just go back and I'll beg my dad to make me a slave and then maybe he'll just give me some food. Again, that scarcity mindset that I've already wasted this, and maybe, maybe he'll give me just a little bit more. Not that there's plenty for everyone, but that there's, there's so little. The older brother in the story also has that scarcity mindset in a different way because he's trying to please the father by what he does. He says, Dad, I've been slaving for you all these years, and, 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 and now my brother's come home. He's going to take what's mine. And, and the father says, No, all I have is yours. You know, he had that scarcity mindset, I don't want my brother to come home because he might take what is mine. Then you have the father who has an abundance mindset. The father who says, hey, sons, there's plenty for everyone because listen, this is really important. Here's the truth of life. It's not what you have. It's who you know. It's not what you have. It's who you know. And see, this is so important because the father says, "Look, you have me and I have so much for my sons. I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to give them that relationship, and, and here's an important part of the story, is those sons didn't need to earn it. Those sons didn't need to hold on to it. They already had it, because they had the Father. See, when you have God, you have everything you need. He's clear in His word crystal clear we are to live with that abundance mindset that that hits who we know and there's plenty for everyone now you may say well i have an abundant life i have an abundance of trouble i have an abundance of problems i'm living the abundant life just in the wrong direction right <laughs> That's what a lot of people think. And, and so let me give you some helps if, if you think, okay, I have the abundant life. It's just, just a different kind of abundant life. First of all, number one, these are all scriptural. Be thankful. Be thankful. The Bible says you're to called to be thankful in everything, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. And, and not, we're not giving thanks for bad things that happen to us. We're just saying, God, thank you that you're going to provide everything I need. That you're taking good care of me. You know right where I am. You're going you're gonna to watch over me. You're going to bless me. You've got me. And, and so we have to be thankful because that is God's will for our life. That's what it tells us in 1 Thessalonians, or First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 18. So we have to get that inside of our heart that, that, yes, I am called to be thankful. So in the abundance of trouble in my life, I will be thankful. Number two, I'll be content. I'll be content. Paul, who probably suffered more for the gospel than anyone anyone we could imagine, and he tells everything he had been through uh, for the sake of Christ, and and he he said this, I've learned to be content with much or with little, in feast and in famine, in in nakedness or clothed, in prison or free, he just keeps listening, I've learned to be content content. See, when we realize it's who we know and we realize that God loves us, that he's faithful, that he's going to take good care of us, we just, we can be content in that. That's a sign of faith, right? That's a sign of trust. I am content. I've learned to be content no matter the situation. The third thing is is just to have the right attitude or to have a good attitude through it all. The Bible tells us to to fix our thoughts on those things that are good, to think and meditate on God's word, to think and meditate on this, that God says, I have abundant life. You know, it's not, look at my bank account, that's not abundant. Hey, it's not what you have, it's who you know, and you have abundant life. Put your faith in God. I want to tell you this this morning, too, that God's abundance will never run out. We don't have to think of it as finite. we don't have to think of it as limited. What God has for us, that will never run out. What are some of the things that will never run out? Number one, grace. Grace will never run out. We actually sang that this morning in, in, in our song, and in, in the Bible says in Ephesians 5:20 that where grace, uh, where sin abounded, grace abounded more. So if there's sin. Uh, there's more grace. More sin, more grace. More sin, more grace. Grace will always abound over sin. It will always be more abundant than sin. Know that for your heart and for your life, that grace is more abundant. Know that for your children and your children's children and your neighbors and your friend, that God's grace never runs out. It's because, number two, the second thing will never run out is love. His love. Will never run out. This is a slightly longer passage, but if you allow me to read it to get it inside of you today, this is Paul praying that we would know who we are in Christ and how much he loves us. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That you may know all that God has for you, the fullness of God in you, that you would know just how big and awesome and expansive God's love is for you. It will never run out. Isn't that great? And you say, That's great grace, love. Let's get to real life now. And this one's really important. You know what else will never run out? His provision. God's provision will never run out. I immediately always think of, of Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want.
1: And I think of it in the
0: New International Version where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Nothing. I have a good shepherd that knows what I need and he will take care of me no matter how it looks, no matter what I'm facing. I have a good shepherd that will provide everything I need. I need to put my faith and my trust in the one who says, I am your good shepherd. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? You think of those wildflowers that you see on a walk, maybe in a forest preserve that are just growing up out of nowhere. Do you think those flowers worry about the the food that they need or the color that they'll be or or anything like that. No, they're just there. And God takes care of the flowers. It'll be gone on your next walk. How much more is God going to take care of you? His son, his daughter, and whom he is well pleased and who he loves. God will provide everything you need. You don't need to worry. Do you think those flowers are worried? They're not worried. You don't need to be worried. Because... He loves you. His grace is sufficient. He will always provide it. And he is God that is faithful. That's one of his attributes. God who is steadfast. He he doesn't move. This is who God is. He is, as we mentioned during communion time, Jehovah Jireh. Now, if you're really old, old school, you'll know the course. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. His grace is sufficient for me. You should be thankful I'm not singing it and that I didn't ask Leanne to sing it this morning. That is old, old school. There's actually a new gyra that just came out by Maverick City and it is powerful, so good. But this idea that God will provide, that's part of his name. That's who he is. He will provide, whether it was a ram or the lamb or what you need today, tomorrow, the next, he will provide it because he is Jehovah Jireh. And he has promised you abundant life. John chapter 10 is a powerful chapter because it talks about how Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm taught on this many times. It's a powerful chapter. Picture and <clears throat> I don't know if it was a year or two ago, uh, and and some of you will remember this. I, I I preached on this, and I was I was trying to get a picture of a sheep, and so I would I, we were driving through Iowa. There was this farm and there's sheep, and so I I I pulled my core over to the side and I'd walk up to the fence where the sheep were, and I I I sneak up, <laughs> try to sneak up on the sheep, you know, walking through the ditch to get to the fence and the high grass, and as soon as I. I'd get to the fence. The, the sheep would just scatter, trying to take a picture of the sheep. And I'm like, I need, I, I really want this picture for 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 church when I preach. And, and so I am like, here, sheepy, 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 you know, just trying to get them to come over. Nothing. They just run even farther away. And, and so I must have been making a spectacle of myself because the farmer was about a quarter mile down at the driveway, like, dude, you know, uh, and he just weighs me down. So I drive down, pulling his driveway. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to take a picture of your sheep. I'm a pastor. I'm preaching a sermon on being a shepherd. And I, I'd like to show a picture of a sheep. He goes, oh, you want the sheep to come? Let me call them. And if you remember this, I, I actually shot a video. He just whistled. And I, I had my phone, so I hit video. And so go ahead and you can show it. So he just starts to, just like, you know. And then all of a sudden, and you can't see them because they're so far on the other side of the field. When they hear the whistle of the shepherd, not of me trying to take their picture at the fence, they just start running. They just start running. All the sheep just start running towards us. And they go into this like little narrow thing that they have to walk through, get through. And they just keep coming and coming. and, and, and You can turn the sound down. That's fine. But um, So they're, they're coming. And, and the shepherd says this to me. And I'll never forget this. And this is as the sheep are coming. He says, do you know why they come when I call them? And he said, it's because I have all they need. I feed them. I shelter them. I take care of them. They're going to run away from you. When they hear my voice, when they hear my whistle, they're going to come running. Because I have all that they need. See, that's who Jesus is. He has all that you need. He says, I've come that you might have life that is full, that is rich, that is satisfying, that is overflowing, that is abundant. He's a God of abundance for a people who lack. And that's who our God is. That's why we should tune our ears to his voice, not the worries or the cares of this world, trying to find enough in this world with that scarcity mindset, but that we say, God, I need you. My favorite uh, devotional that I read every single morning is Jesus Calling. And this past week on April 27th, here's the entry. Come to me with empty hands and an open heart, ready to receive abundant blessings. I know the depth and the breadth of your neediness. Your life path has been difficult, draining you of strength. Come to me for nurture. Let me fill you up with my presence. I in you and you in me. My power flows most freely into weak ones, aware of their need for me. Faltering steps of dependence are not lack of faith, but are links to my presence. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will provide whatever you need when you come to me. Why do the sheep run to the shepherd? Why do we run to Jesus? Because he has all that we need. Why don't we pray for more abundant life? The Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 2 you don't have because you don't ask. And I like this verse in 1 John chapter 5 beginning of verse 14. It says this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know That we have what we've asked of Him. Telling us right there in the Word, if you pray according to the will of God and you ask in His name, you will have what you're asking for. Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life. That is the will of God for you. And so why not pray, God, give me abundant life? Not just, God, help me to get through today, help me to cope, help me to live my life on cruise control. No, pray a big, bold prayer. God, Give me abundant life. That is God's plan for you. That is his will for you. Why not pray that every single day? God, I need your abundant life. Because Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think. So why not pray that big prayer, a bold prayer to God? Why not pray that and allow him to bless you even greater than you could think? greater than you could imagine. I heard an old saint say one time, if I realized all along that my prayers would be answered, I would have prayed better prayers. Wow. God is listening. He's listening every morning. Are you praying with a scarcity mentality, praying out of lack? Are you praying a prayer for abundant life, praying a big, bold prayer to God? God, Give me all that you have for me. That's why I believe as we were singing, God was speaking that he is breaking up new ground in our heart. He's planting new desires, new dreams, new things in our hearts and in our lives. God has something bigger, something better, something greater for you to do than to live your life on cruise control. He's asking us, hey, live in union with me. That's where true abundance is. You won't find it in this world He's saying, you'll find it only in me. Pray and believe, and I believe that God will answer that prayer for rich, full, satisfying, overflowing, abundant life that will spill over to everyone you meet. Amen? Amen. 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 Bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning. Let's just wait on the Lord this morning. Let him do some surgery on our heart. His word is sharp. It cuts to the deepest part of who we are. And for some of us, Jesus wants to cut out that scarcity mentality. That prodigal son or older brother mentality, I got to get what's mine. I got to hold on to it. I got to earn it. I got to have it. God has plenty for you. God has more than enough. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to hold on to it. He will provide everything you need, whether it is grace or love or provision for today. You just pray, give me this day my daily bread, and He will. And he will in abundance. We are asking according to your will. Pray that God increases your abundance mentality just to know, hey, I walk in abundant life. Are there abundance of problems? Sometimes, but those problems just drive me closer to the shepherd because he has all I need. Those situations, those troubles, when they come, They will not take from me, they will take me to the shepherd. It's time for us to stop blaming God for the bad things in our lives and start blaming the devil who has come to steal, kill, and destroy and start looking to the one who says, I have given you life to the full, rich, satisfying, overflowing, abundant. God, change our hearts today. God, change my heart today. I I need this, God. I need you, Lord. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of lack, in the midst of moments of questioning, God, remind me, remind us all that there is more than enough. That it's not what I see in my hand, but it's who I know. God, I pray that, that... Anything we need would just drive us closer to you. And God, that you would provide everything we need. And God, I know that that is according to your will. And so God, you're going to answer those prayers even more, even bigger. Lord, break up some new ground in our life to believe you for some bigger things, some bolder things, God. Make us alive each new day with just a a fresh expectation of how you're going to show up today. Not living life on cruise control starting tomorrow morning, but giving us eyes to see your abundance in our life. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your promises and your word. Thank you that they are true. Thank you that you came, that we'd have a rich, full, satisfying, overflowing, abundant life. May we walk in that this week, this month, this year, and every day until we see you face-to-face. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.